0: Live from Utrecht, this is Bitcoin Explained. Hey, Hello. Actually, is that still our name, Sures. Are we still called Bitcoin Explained? Yeah, that's that's up for debate. But All we right. have some exciting news, right? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute then. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we've been away for a while. You haven't heard from us uh, for a couple of weeks, dear listener. So we're going to offer you an update about what's going on. Because something's going on. First of all, though, Shores, one of the reasons we've been away for a while is because you were literally away for a while. That's right. You went to a couple of conferences. I think you went to... Where did you go? I went to Tapconf in
1: Atlanta, and I visited the Bitcoin park. And then I went to B2C
0: Azores in the middle of the Atlantic. Right. So you were away for, what, a month or something? Yep. You were away for a while. Now you're back. Okay. So, um... The big news, sure, is what's the big news? We've been acquired. <laughs> We've been acquired. Who acquired us? Uh, we we acquired ourselves. that's a that's a very positive spin. Okay, we're not a Bitcoin magazine podcast anymore. That's basically the story here, right? That's right. Yeah. so dear listeners, so uh yeah, Bitcoin magazine has been going through a reshuffle, essentially. And one of the things that was decided is that Bitcoin Magazine is not supporting podcasts anymore. Bitcoin Explained is a podcast, so we're not supported by Bitcoin Magazine anymore. Oh, I thought it was just us. There's another one. Well, yeah, that's sort of the thing. Like We used to have a bunch of podcasts at Bitcoin Magazine, and I don't remember which ones, but then one by one, they sort of stopped, and there were only two left at this point. And it was just kind of this part of Bitcoin Magazine that was sort of ignored and sort of on the wayside, and, but it still required some resources to kind of keep it running. And at some point, the decision was made that Bitcoin Magazine right now just doesn't do any podcasts. Well,
1: I do really appreciate uh, Bitcoin Magazine helping us through those uh, first three years almost.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Bitcoin Magazine was gracious enough to just let us continue the podcast. So, you know, we don't have any fights about name rights or uh, we can just keep going. So that's nice enough. So in a way, not much is gonna change. We're still gonna make the podcast. We even found a new editor, Stein, the world famous, Stein in the Netherlands, the best editor in the country. He's gonna edit our podcasts going forward. Even if we said he was not the best editor, he's the editor, so he can just make us say he's the best editor. He <laughs> can edit out whatever bad things we say about Stein. Uh, what else? So yeah, so basically, not much will change in that sense. There will still be a podcast. I, I guess that's the question, right? Like we don't have any evil corporate overlords anymore. Shorts. That's why I want to move back to Van Wydem Shoresnado. Well,
1: we'll have to chat about that. The 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 the, the upside of Van Wydem Schurz is that it's the best name for a podcast ever. ever. The downside is that if you tell people to please subscribe to Van Weirdam Shores NATO, they
0: will stare at you. No one knows how to spell any, any word in that name. So that, maybe we'll just use both names. We'll we'll figure it out. I mean, maybe we'll just cater a niche audience from now on. Our Our fan base knows how to spell our name. So anyway, we've been chatting out for three minutes and 40 seconds. Shall we talk about Bitcoin? No, no, I'm not done yet. Oh. One, of, one other thing I wanted to mention is, so we were already kind of discussing that before we even went independent, split off from Bitcoin Magazine, is that um, <clears throat> from now on, our podcast will be sort of content-driven rather than time-driven, if that's the right way to put it. We mm-hmm. used to basically make an episode every other week. Now, we already slipped that sometimes, either because one of us were traveling. Sometimes we didn't have an ap- a, 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 a topic in mind. That that was a reason we sometimes skipped an episode. And moving forward, that will sort of just be the order of things. I think we both agree. If you have an interesting topic to discuss or I have an interesting idea, that will be a reason to make a podcast. And if we don't have that, there won't be a podcast. So it will we won't necessarily make a podcast every other week, at least for the time being.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think it's interesting to give some context there. In the beginning, um, making the, coming up with ideas for podcast was quite easy, because there were lots of topics left to explain. Nowadays, uh, we usually spend like half an hour uh, discussing possible topics, and I'm like, meh, I don't feel like this one, too much work, etc. So it'll be a bit more difficult, but uh, we'll get there. And, and sometimes it's happened that I thought the topic would be super uninteresting and then we ended up spending 50 minutes and it was a good episode, so.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so I don't think moving forward, going forward, you, this dear listener, will necessarily get a podcast every other week, but there will still be podcasts. We'll see how often or how many, I guess, right? We'll figure it out as we go along. What we can say is, so we're kind of making this podcast, we're still in the introduction stage, right? We're mm-hmm. we're kind of making this podcast as a, kind of a placeholder almost, because even at this point, the previous podcast was a while ago, in part because we were traveling, in part because all the stuff I was just telling you about, dear listener. And then in the next couple of weeks, there will also be, there will be Bitcoin Amsterdam, there will be other conferences I'll be going to. So the next podcast might also take... A little while before we, but but we, so we wanted to give you something because otherwise there would have been no podcast for like three months or something. So we're, we're making this one. By the way, sures are you going to Bitcoin Amsterdam? Uh, probably, are but you... I still haven't gotten any formal invite. Okay. Are you not a speaker? No. You're You're not invited. That's surprising to me. All right. I think I was invited to be a speaker, but then it
1: was never followed up and we might be doing some recording, but I don't know how that's going.
0: Yeah, I don't think um, we're going to do that short. Okay, well... I mean, that was part of the original sort of before Bitcoin Magazine split us up kind of deal. I don't know. Well, I don't think... I Don't don't count on it. I'm not counting on it. I don't don't think I'm going to do that. All right. So, that's... Honestly, that was kind of the main reason, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, that we're making this podcast just to tell you all this stuff that I told you in the last... How long are we recording now six minutes and 50 seconds all right almost seven minutes however dear listener we didn't want to send you home empty-handed so shorts and i did find a topic for you that you'll find fascinating i'm sure schors we're gonna discuss an invalid block that was mined last week that's right at the time of recording i think uh, wh- do you know when it happened exactly no about a week ago yeah, but well, give a date. What, what's the date today? We're like early October? It was block 809478. So it was like late September. Okay, 2023, in case you're listening to this in the future. So an invalid block was mined. Uh, it was mined by Marathon Pool. Mm-hmm. And this is where I sort of turn it over to you. So what happened? What Why was it invalid? Well, yeah, um, basically when you mine a... Uh... wait. There's something else, I think. Uh, yes, there's something else. Sure, so We're getting to the invalid block in a minute.
1: Well, we uh, can we can get to the invalid block now and just get to the other things later.
0: Um, is that a logical order, you think? Yeah, because we've already started this topic. Okay, we are already started. Let's go. What was? Why was this block invalid? So, so basically, a block
1: has to uh, follow a bunch of rules as defined by the Bitcoin consensus rules. Uh, you know, don't create too many coins. Um, don't Do any double spending, I guess that's really the same as don't create any new coins. Uh, Signatures have to be valid. There's lots of little, big rules, little rules, subtle rules, etc. One of the rules is
0: that the block can't be too big.
1: Yep. One of the rules is that if you have a transaction A, which is spending from transaction B, uh, then transaction B must happen first inside the block
0: oh well, this confusing a comes before b okay so we'll do it the other way around yes
1: if you have a transaction b which is spending from transaction a then transaction b must be after transaction a in so the block so you cannot yeah you cannot look at a block as a whole and say well it nets out and it's all fine no they have to be in the right order inside the block that's actually quite annoying because there's some optimizations that you could do from a Block verification perspective: If if the order of the transactions didn't matter, because then you could check them all and then not worry about ordering, but you can't. You have to check them one by one in sequence.
0: Wait, so why is that? Why why is this a rule? Why not just remove this rule? What's the what's the logic? We can't.
1: The rule is there because Satoshi put it in there, either deliberately or probably not really thinking about it. And it's there. If we'd remove it, it's a
0: hard fork. I see. Okay, so this has been a rule since the very beginning. So yes. the order that the transactions are included in a block need to be the right order. Yeah, centrally.
1: and of course it would have been nice if you could say, well, as long as, you know, if the if the transaction as long as it's somewhere in the block it's fine, but no, it has to be in the right order inside the block. And if you ask Bitcoin Core to create a block for you as a miner, which you can do, then Bitcoin Core will make sure that
0: happens among other checks. Okay, so why were the transactions in this block in the wrong order?
1: Well, I guess now you're spoiling what actually went wrong. But yes, the, the thing that went wrong is that the transactions were not in the correct order.
0: Oh, I thought you already said. I mean, that's pretty obvious at this point that that was the problem. I guess
1: okay. it was a bit of a, of a hint there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. so basically they were in the wrong order. And then the first question is, why? And also the second question for me would be, oh shit, is there a bug in Bitcoin Core? Um, no, Turns out. Let's that start with the why. We don't know why. Uh, like, I don't understand what the, what the thinking was for this particular mistake. Um, we do know that I think the transactions were ordered by fee rate for some reason, but there's really no
0: sane reason to do that, as well, far not, as I know. Not all transactions in the block, right? So only these transactions were ordered. By no, fee? I
1: think they, they took a normal block as proposed by Bitcoin Core. Which has the transactions in some order. And then they said, ah, it looks nicer if we sort
0: it by fee rate. Okay, so all the transactions in the block were sorted by fee rate? I believe so, yeah. Okay, do you believe that's, so? not, that's you not believe the correct so, or order? You're sure? Well, that's what I read. I
1: haven't checked it.
0: Did you read it from a credible source, at least?
1: Yes, I, uh, there's a blog post we'll link in the shot, uh, show notes from 0xb10c. Okay, well, so
0: what I read, probably in the same blog post, actually. Mm-hmm. No, well, no, also Marathon said it on Twitter, is that they were experimenting in some way or another. So they were trying to find optimizations. They were using a small amount of their hash power to, I guess, in some way figure out if they could mine even faster or more efficient.
1: Yeah, but I do not see how you can fit more transactions in a block by changing the order. Does it make the block any smaller? It's not like compressing.
0: Right. Well, that's the only thing they said. So it sounds like you... So, at, so at in
1: general, they were doing experiments. That's okay. That's, that's one thing. But I don't understand what the point was of this particular experiment. Okay. Because sorting transactions differently it might look prettier. I guess if you want to make a nice chart of the, of the block and, every, you know, and you want to color the block by fee, with high fees having a darker color and light fees having a lighter color, then maybe if you order them by fee, then it looks pretty. But mechanically, or in terms of efficiency, I I don't see the point. It, in fact, it takes longer because you have to sort the block, which takes another split second. And every split second, you
0: need more time to do stuff. You're not much of a block connoisseur, it sounds like. I don't know. I think Bitcoin Core does a good job at it. You don't you don't care too much about yeah. the visual aspects of a block. So, so, so
1: in any case, they they and they said it was not Bitcoin Core's fault. So. That's that's good news because otherwise there might be some bug out there. That's that's not good.
0: Um, right. That was question two. So yeah, it it wasn't a Bitcoin Core thing. No. Okay. Uh, I had another question. Oh yeah. So they were experimenting with it on testnet apparently. Yeah. So this is the other uh, observation that our friend zero X
1: B one zero C how can we give him a quicker name B ten C. I don't know. Um. He he observed that it looked like they were trying this on testnet the day before. So if you looked on testnet you saw a similar pattern, and in fact you were seeing the same error messages. Basically the testnet nodes were rejecting this block as invalid. Which then raises the question of, if you're testing on testnet, why are you not looking at the result of that experiment before deploying it on mainnet and potentially
0: burning an enormous amount of money? Right. So if you were running an SPV node, you would have and there was a transaction to you in that block, you would have probably just accepted it, right?
1: Yes. And then, of course, within a few minutes, it would have been uh, reorg.
0: It would have been reorged. And eventually. probably also included
1: because I don't think there were any double spends here. Right.
0: Yeah. Still, I mean, it's a, it's kind of an interesting or telling example of why SPV nodes are a potential risk. Like yeah. Like. SPV nodes do not you check get, this. Yeah, yeah. In this case, it's kind of innocent, but yeah, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, maybe someone's trying to steal coins or create inflation and SPVN node just doesn't notice that. Well, in this case, all full nodes, all Bitcoin Core nodes, they just rejected the block as invalid and the only real loser here was Marathon Pool because they wasted a bunch of energy and resources creating an invalid block. Yes. Right? Okay, well, that's all pretty fine and clear so far is there anything to say about this well so I'm all for experimenting
1: but I still don't understand why they tested this on mainnet instead of you know checked on
0: testnet well they did and they ignored what happened on testnet apparently
1: I would also say that if you are willing to spend $170,000 on an experiment uh, consider giving me say $10,000 and asking me to look at your experiment for one hour
0: and I probably would have found this You can also give me $170,000 as an experiment to see what I'll do with it. Up to you. It's free world. All right. I think that sort of covers the invalid block. Uh, Oh, I had
1: one more point. So um, the the general, we we had an episode before about an invalid block, episode um, 76, um, which covered the topic of stamps. Oh right. Uh, and the block, uh, but there were two invalid blocks in that episode that we discussed, and the reason for the invalid block was completely different. They broke a different rule, and the episode explains that. But the thing that they have in common is that they were both using some custom software. I believe in the case of the um, of the invalid stamps blocks, they were using Bitcoin Core, but they tweaked Bitcoin Core. They they made changes to it that caused this mistake. Whereas in this case, I don't, they might have been using some completely different piece of software. But the, the rule seems to be, the pattern seems to be that if you write your own software to create blocks or even to change what Bitcoin Core is doing, you're likely to make mistakes. It's There's some really finicky rules out there that you might forget about.
0: The Bitcoin Core developer advises to use Bitcoin Core.
1: Yes. We have a saying in Dutch, wij van WC-eend adviseren WC-eend,
0: Right. I mean, are you going to even explain that? No, never mind. It's uh, if you're not Dutch, bad you luck. would miss this wisdom. And yes, yeah. All right. I think that's uh, that, that covers the envelope block, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a short topic. Uh, there was something else, speaking of older episodes. So, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up. Speaking of older episodes, there have been some updates from the Bitcoin Core development front, namely. Peer-to-peer encryption was merged? Yeah, that's right. It
1: was a productive morning. Two things were merged, and the first one is peer-to-peer encryption, uh, which is a proposal we talked about in episode 77, so not even that long ago. Yeah. Uh, The idea has been around for six, seven years, I think, uh, initially introduced by Jonas Schnelli. something
0: like that. Can you give a two-sentence summary for whoever wants to jug their memory?
1: Yeah, right now nodes talk to each other in plain text, which means your internet provider or, or anyone else can listen to exactly what you're doing. In part, that doesn't matter because, you know, blocks are public information. But in part, it could matter because you might be the one, you know, you might make a transaction and then by looking at this, how that transaction moves over the network, some spike can tell that the transaction is coming from you and that is not public information. And it makes censorship easier if you can see what Bitcoin nodes are. So this proposal encrypts all the traffic between peers. That's basically it. So anybody observing it can just see noise.
0: Right. So that's merged in Bitcoin Core, which means it will be available in the next Bitcoin Core release. Any yeah. idea when that will be?
1: Probably November. So that'll be release uh, 26. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking in a few weeks, maybe in a month, there will be the first release candidates for people who are really feeling experimental. I mean, if you're really feeling experimental, you can compile the master branch. If you're feeling slightly less experimental, you can wait for the first release candidate. Um, it's an opt-in feature, so you have to configure a V2 transport, but it will be in the README. And then one fun thing you can do if you're testing it out is to check your session ID. So if you connect to somebody you know, normally your node just connects to random other nodes, but if you do connect to somebody you do know, you can actually look up the session ID, probably in the GUI, so that's nice, and then you can call your friend and say, hey, you know, do you see a connection from my IP address and do you see what the session ID is and then they should be the same. Very much like in Signal and WhatsApp where you can compare this, this identifier.
0: Right. And that tells you that there's nobody in the middle. Right. Anyways, this is all explained in detail in episode 77. Yep. And there was something else. What, what else was merged? There was another big merge you mentioned. That's right. Assume UTXO. Right. Okay. So For TestNet and for Signet. Okay, so that's not on mainnet yet, but but no. the core, sorry, the code is in Bitcoin Core now.
1: Yes, and if you if you so, do so want to test it in mainnet, you can. There's a pull request, but you have to compile it yourself. Uh, so why
0: is it not available for mainnet yet? What's the reasoning there?
1: Because it's not ready enough, I guess. Okay, I, I think it still needs some testing, and you know the the other thing is that these parameters that are in the source code now for testnet and for signet they really should be verified by users. So very much like assume valid. Uh, the, we talked about that in some other episode, I think in the, in the assume UTXO episode, which is episode number 14. Right, um,
0: yeah. So the thing we're talking about now, episode 14, if you want to know, yeah, if so you if you know more of about that. Yeah, one of the first that, ones we did. Listener.
1: Exactly, in 2020. Um, basically, there's a hash that goes into the source code which represents the UTXO set for assume UTXO. And so somebody or lots of people really should check that hash. And for Testnet and signet, it doesn't really matter. Nobody really checked the hash, but you know, it's just Testnet and Signet. But for Mainnet, you probably want to have a whole bunch of people check that. So that's one of the reasons why it was that was delayed a bit. And then also because it's, you know, still needs a bit more testing, I think, that feature. So the baby steps here are you just put all the code inside Bitcoin Core and you turn it on for Testnet for people who want to try it. And then if people don't find problems, I guess eventually we'll turn it on for Mainnet. Right. It's 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 still an opt-in feature regardless, but
0: Right. Uh, okay, so that's also merged in Bitcoin Core. So we'll, well, I guess for testnet will be available also in Bitcoin Core 26 in November. Yep. Uh, I think that pretty much covers the episode. one thing I uh, thought of sort of during halfway and I didn't want to bring it up immediately, just to be clear, I actually do still work with Bitcoin Magazine. There's no bad blood or anything like that in case anyone got that impression. It's just the podcast is now an independent thing. Yeah. Oh, I also had
1: another thing. Uh, news Even items. Even more news. Yeah, yeah. So I recently got a grant from the OpenSats Foundation to keep
0: working on Bitcoin Core. So right. that's really nice. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Does that cover it, Shors? Is that the uh, we update all our listeners on I, everything they need to know for now? I think so. Thank okay. you for listening. And li- then the next episode will be in a few weeks.
1: Will be when the next episode lands. Right. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin.
0: Explained.